Welcome to the Conversations About Light podcast, a King's Cross podcast illuminating our desire to engage in lighthearted conversations that are grounded in scripture. Our hope is that through these conversations, our community will be encouraged and grow in their curiosity about light. Welcome back to another episode of Conversations About Life. Thanks for joining us in this current season that we're in, living a godly life, having conversations about 1 Thessalonians. How are we today, Josh and Mark? Yeah, very well, thanks. Good to be here again. Yeah? Yeah. Yeah, all good. I've just made a custom notification that we are recording in wow. focus. Recording Zone. in focus. Yeah. Do you have to have that note on your phone to remind you to focus? <laughs> yes, I'm glad it says that. <laughs> Pay attention now. Yeah. Well, it's perfect timing because um, what I'm about to ask you will require all of your attention, Mark and Josh. Okay. Sorry, what was that? I was just <laughs> <laughs> I was just making sure the notification was in. <laughs> okay, so what is one of your favorite artists or musicians and why? We'll start with you, Mark. One of my favorite at the moment, um, uh, so I like Hollow Coves probably because I, I went and watched them with yourself and oh. um, that was um, that was a great concert. You didn't tell us that the concert started at 10.30 and that our four children would be alone at home through the, <laughs> ni- through the night, but it was I a good concert. I didn't realize it started at 10.30 either. I had a pregnant wife at the time. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so Hollow Coves love, love the kind of mellow vibes. Um, I'm enjoying that at the moment. Cool. And yourself, Josh? Um, I'll go with the spiritual option and choose City of Light. Um, They've just got a new album out, so that's on repeat in my car at the moment. Loving it at the moment. Do you have a particular song that you're connecting with most at the moment? Yeah, uh, Every Step. Every Step. So go have a listen. Check them out, City of Light. I don't get any um, royalties for plugging them. (laughs) (laughs) If you do, please share them. Yes. What about you? My wife introduced me to this rapper a female rapper she's an artist she's also an author so i didn't know that she was a um a, i like the tension rapper. that you're building yeah, <laughs> not telling us the well, name I, <laughs> okay so i'd read one of her books prior to this and then she's like oh, i'm liking this uh this artist and her name's jackie hill perry so it's like really cool vibey I, i'm enjoying that at the moment it's nice good. yeah do you, rap isn't usually my go-to, but it's cool. You're more of a country guy, right? You know me, Josh. <laughs> <laughs> country and Riddick, those are my <laughs> two <you> things. <laughs> All right, well, let's dive into today's text. Today's reading is 1 Thessalonians chapter 4, verses 1 through 8, the English Standard Version. Finally then, brothers and sisters, we ask and urge you in the Lord Jesus that you are received for us how you ought to walk and to please God, just as you are doing, that you do so more and more. For you know that instructions that we gave you through the Lord Jesus. For this is the will of God, your sanctification, that you abstain from sexual immorality, that each one of you know how to control his own body in holiness and honor, not in the passion of lust like the Gentiles who do not know God, that no one transgress and wrong his brother in this matter, because the Lord is an avenger in all these things, as we told you beforehand and warned you. For God has not called us for impurity, but in holiness. 
Therefore, whoever disregards this disregards not man, but God, who gives his Holy Spirit to you. What are we noticing within today's text? Start with yeah. you, Josh. Sure, I think uh, a few things in, in the first couple of verses he's talking about um, walking in a way that pleases God, which is a big theme, I think, even through the Old and New Testaments, walking with God, walking to please him. Uh, you know, Psalm 1, do not walk in the way of the wicked, but walk with God. Um, so I think that there's a, a big uh, change here in the in the in this book. He's been encouraging them and lifting them up, and now he's, now he begins to talk about you know walking with God and what does that mean? What does it look like? And he says, "I gave you instructions." <laughs> so he's, he's, he's definitely saying, "I put uh, instructions before you, things that you ought to do to please God, and the will the will of God is your sanctification." I think that's a big idea, you know. What is the will of God? Um, I'd love to know the will of God. Sign me up. Oh, it's your sanctification. Oh, is there any other options? Like, <laughs> do I, I have to change? I have to <laughs> so I think when we think of the will of God, I, I love that phrase there that he says, the will of God is your sanctification. God is more committed to making us into the image of a son than to any other version of what we think you know, maybe the will of God should look like. So and then he gets into the weeds a little bit with some of those things, uh, and, and we can maybe talk about them. But the other thing I'm noticing is just how he phrases that God is an avenger. Like, what does that mean? <laughs> uh, this was out before the Marvel things came out, right? God's not that kind of avenger. But what does that mean? <laughs> so yeah, a few interesting parts in this text. How about you, Mark? <laughs> Yeah, I do like that God's an Avenger, <laughs> not a DC. The DC side is too dark and the yeah. Avengers are bright and light yeah. and funny. So I'm glad that God is an Avenger. I think the right at the beginning, Paul says, we ask and urge you in the, in the Lord Jesus. And I think there's so much grace. You know, Paul is this apostle and he's come and he's taught them and they only know Jesus because of him. And, um, and now he's writing to them. He's got a great concern for them. And he could kind of come with any sort of authority. I guess the way that a parent could come to a small child. Mm. But but the language that he uses is so gentle. We ask. So mm. this is like a request we're making. You know, like this isn't something they should really be thinking about. This is something they should just receive and do, right? But, yeah. but he chooses to ask. So that's a choice he makes to come gently. And then he urges in, you know, yeah. just in case you think that um, this is, you know, we're asking, but you're not taking it seriously. We yeah. j- there is an urging Yes. It is a serious matter. And and just so you know, like it's it's not our preference or our personality or our authority or um it wouldn't make our lives easier. We we ask you this in the Lord. We think this is exactly what God um wants for you. Mm. I just I just so I, f- I find that fascinating. I, I love the way that Paul is kind of um treats these these Christians and I wonder like, you know, if we treat each other in the same way, with, with the same sort of confidence and clarity, there's no like there's, there's no so sense of insecurity in Paul or um, lack of clarity, but with a real kind of gentleness of reminding one another, you know, with um, requests and urging towards what is right in the Lord. Anyway, I, I, I find that fascinating. His whole tone is very yeah. lovely. And it's all in Christ, right? Because when he says, as you point out, Mark, we, we urge you in the Lord Jesus. And then when he says, I gave you instructions that came through the Lord Jesus. So yeah. even his tones have a, are centered around Christ, and his appeal is not to 
his great wisdom or his you know great yeah. leadership even or when he's a great leader but his appeal is still through Christ in Christ um, yeah. that they would the only way he knows how to lead is to point people to Jesus yeah very seems, good yeah it's beautiful yeah that is right uh, in the Lord Jesus through the Lord Jesus for this is the will of God mm. I think that's lovely it's not it's not weighted with a sense of uh, threat yeah which you could you know like um if you know if you've got a message from the Lord Jesus about the will of God, you could come in a threatening sense, and and it's yeah. not. It, it, it's just real gentleness, um, and I think it opens us up. You know, we talk about spiritual friendships at King's Cross, and we desire that the gospel creates this culture of friendship where you can share your struggles with each other and your victories yeah. with each other, and you can be honest with each other. And I think that I think it's because of the tones that come from the gospel that Paul embodies a sense of you could share anything with Paul. Because he's just going to help you have a sense of what's right in the Lord. Um, he's not going to judge you or threaten you or be surprised by you or think, oh, what a fool you are. There would just be a sense of, hey, I, I get it, but um, this is how the Lord would desire for you to walk. Yeah. And um, if that's, you know, do you want to walk in that direction? Let's let's pray and walk walk there together. Um, so I think even like in King's Cross, we have, we have this idea of spiritual friendships that's growing that uh, these types of tones are perfect for that environment where, where brothers and sisters can just share, hey, man, this is going on in my life. Can you just help me towards the will yeah. of the Lord? Yeah. Mm-hmm. What does that sort of um, approach, what does that do in that conversation that you're talking about with spiritual friendships? Yeah, I think most people struggle with shame. And so the reason people don't share sometimes what's going on in their lives is probably because of a fear that they will be shamed. Um, I think most Christians at some point realize God is not trying to shame them or planning on shaming them or looking for a way to shame them. But I'm not sure they're as confident that their brothers and sisters are equally not interested in bringing any amount of shame on any struggle anyone is feeling or going through. But I, so I think our struggle with shame is is real, is inward. That's my my thought, or guilt, or condemnation, and and then you know to be able to share with one another, hey, I've been struggling with this, is to be able to face that fear and trust that my Christian brother or sister is going to embody a response that is from the Lord and loving, mm-hmm. rather than what I fear it to be, you, you know, which is just an equally sinful response that's threatening or discouraging or condemning or judgmental you know yeah. um so i think sorry I, i'm not sure if i'm answering your question and, and i'd love to hear josh's thoughts on this but i think what it creates is a space where people welcome each other mm. hear each other and james five sixteen, um they confess their sins they pray for yeah. each other and then they turn to the lord they don't try to fix each other yeah, um they, yeah. they turn humbly to the lord yeah i think that i think that's right creating a space again of through christ to christ which is very encouraging. He says, I want you to live like this, and un- and in some sense you are, but I want you to do it more and more. And I think that's kind of the nature of those friendships. It's like mm. we're not devoid of Christ. We have him. We're living for him. Mm. But we would love to see more and more. And then he uses that phrase to please God. And um, it's not that God's God's love for us is unconditional, but there's a sense in which our lives become that aroma to him. It's a mm. pleasing aroma to God, mm-hmm. I think Paul says elsewhere. I think he's very much in those conversations that we are pushing each other, pointing each other to Christ, but also in a way that's uh, uh, a joy for for 
as a, as a sacrifice to God in a sense it pleases Him, but also it brings our own joy into our own life. You know, our sanctification, as He says, is also the will of God, and God God's will is good and pleasing and perfect, and it's joyful. So it's like a what you call a win win, right? Yeah, <laughs> is that is that what you call? That's it? what I call. It, yeah, <laughs> if I had to label it, <laughs> a win win, nice. Pushing, you, uh, uh, you go, Caleb. No. <laughs> Did you want to carry on a thought? No, no, I'm finished. finished. I was going to say off the back of your thoughts, so I'd love to um, hear what you guys, or maybe if you can unpack a bit of what you're noticing about what the will of God is. He gets into the weeds a little bit, yeah, after he says, you know, it's your sanctification, i.e. God wants to transform you. And then he kind of lists a bunch of actual, like, tangible things. You know, he says... um, you know, abstaining from sexual immorality, controlling your own body, operating in holiness and honor, not like in the passion. So it's very um, practical and, and real. I think the standard in the New Testament seems to get higher, which is which seems counterintuitive in some ways. So if Jesus has done everything, why is this? In particularly in, in the area of sexual ethics, you know, right. like. Um, mm. The the Pharisees are keen on easily divorcing Jesus. Like, well, you sh- you, that should be mm. something that you take more seriously. Um, so the kind of call of the gospel goes in a sense higher, but we also have that enabling of the spirit. And so I think it's this kind of I see a, a raising of the standard in some ways, but also an empowering of the spirit. And behind the backdrop of all that, again, is the goodness of God. Like when we think about why does God give us any instruction or call us to holy holiness and purity it's still because it is for our best and for our good mm-hmm. and god knows that this is how we come to wholeness and and it works out best in our lives whereas i think our culture sees that not in that way at all so mm-hmm. if you have a higher standard in something it's you're seen as that's that's unkind to people or something like that mm-hmm. and maybe we struggle with with kind of wrestling between that thought, or is this an unkind thing, or is this God's goodness to us, and how do we struggle through those kind of instructions, especially when they get very specific like that? I think we have to in, r- remind ourselves that this is God's goodness to us. And mm. um, yeah, I don't know what, what you think, Mark. Yeah, I think uh, this is really great teaching for if you if you think you know every there's there's a vessel that holds everything together. So Caleb has this ginormous hydro flask full of water, I imagine, inside there. Mm-hmm. Um, that's that's serving, you know, for the rest of this probably year, serving you water uh, to your body. I, I think Paul comes and he goes, uh, the life of God has been put into you mm. because you're saved. Yeah. And you have a vessel that through which this life flows. And that vessel is called your body. And you need to have a, a right use of that vessel. And the right use of that vessel is not impurity, but yeah. purity. And so, you know, it's not that God has saved your body. You, you know, he will redeem that and renew that. Yes. Um, or your emotions, he will redeem those and renew, you know. But he has, you have been fully saved and sanctified. You know, this is the will of God, your sanctification. And, th- and that means, that's kind of another way of saying you're set apartness. He has set you apart for himself. You are no longer, you no longer belong to this world. You no longer belong to sin and death. You no longer belong to yourself. You're no longer a slave to sin. You're no longer under that curse. You have been saved, redeemed, sanctified. You are now set apart as holy. You belong to the Lord. So whether you're called an adopted child, 
um, whatever language you want to use, you, you've, you've been put somewhere else. Now, mm-hmm. as appropriate vessels uh, of the life of God, this is his will. To, this is how you please him. You are called not to continue on in the old ways, but to continue on in new ways, and the Holy Spirit's going to lead you into that. So I don't think mm. um, Christians, I don't think Christians don't have struggles. I think Christians respond to those struggles in a different way. So Paul isn't saying, hey, Thessalonians, if you really are saved, this is how you know. You no longer struggle with impurity. He says, I think he's saying, you know, hey, Christians, as as set apart ones who have the Holy Spirit, here's a reminder, God has called you to move away from impurity and towards purity, and that pleases that pleases the Lord. I think the, the for me the picture of family helps with that. You know, if God is our Father, and He has goodness in store for us, then He instructs us. Um, and, yeah. and I see it in my family. You know, I, I have four children, and sometimes I see a child behaving just in a brutal way towards their siblings, and I'm like, I interject myself into that situation, and I give instruction. I'm like, don't do that. And it's because I want the best, not only for the child who's under attack, <laughs> but the child who's doing the attacking. Very good. And so yeah. it's like, well, so you I very much see like it's for our good. These instructions come and they, they're for our rescue mm. in so many ways. And we, I think we ignore them at, at the risk of not being rescued well. You know, the mm. more we kind of turn from them, it's like, well, just going to carry on with this or that. We we uh, end up in more difficulties, and it's kind of God is reaching his uh, reaching out to us through these instructions. Mm. I think also the um, implication when he says, you know, conducting ourselves in all holiness and honor is again pointing into the heart. How do we conduct ourselves? Mm. And then he says um, one one of the implications of that is like when he says that phrase, "God is an avenger." Like, don't then just even it's not only about keeping yourself pure, but also aven- don't take re- revenge on other people. Leave, mm. Let God do that. You know? I think Deuteronomy, that happens where God instructs the people of Israel, God is your avenger, not you. And so I think we also get into risky territory when we start um, take when we take human on action on a human level to avenge ourselves. That's very risk- dangerous to our soul, I think. Um, in any form, it can be very dangerous. So I guess these, inst- I'm, I'm saying just to highlight again, all these instructions that are coming to us are for our rescue, for our saving. So when we either behave in, in purity or do things that God is pointing, leading us not to, we, we put ourselves in danger. When we av- avenge ourselves, we put ourselves in danger. You know, um, Yeah, and, and sort of, it's difficult questions because how have I acted in a way, when I'm wronged, do I avenge myself? How have yeah. I acted in purity? Do I, you know, what do I? What is my behaviour? And those those are difficult questions, but they are well worth the answer because God has something to say. He has some instruction, some good yeah. for us, mm-hmm. some peace for us. Yeah. And I think what's important to remember as we read Scripture this far apart from it, you know, two thousand years later, or whatever, is that for the Thessalonians, this was uh, Paul was writing to their. Um, exact life, like he, you yeah. know, this is what they're doing. They're actually, you know, there's some sexual immorality in the church, yeah. or there's some confusion about that, or there's some. Do we still live like normal yeah. Gentiles in this way? Like, what part of us is saved and not saved? And so, I think what you're saying is is exactly 
uh, right, but we mustn't lose, and we mustn't lose the implication that it has on our lives. That how do we respond? How do we actually live in a way that's honourable uh, and holy? How do we make that choice every day to yeah. to be able to say not today, Satan, when yeah. temptation <laughs> comes, and to choose holiness? Because that's what Paul's telling them. You know, like yeah. don't choose to avenge. Choose to be yeah. honorable and holy. Yeah. Every day you're going to have a choice. Yeah. And the ho- you've been given the Holy Spirit to enable you to have that choice, not, yes. not to escape the temptation and yeah. and you only have one choice now, but <laughs> when that fall comes, to, this is what God wants you to choose and we've we've yeah. urged you, asked you, and solemnly warned you yeah. to choose this. Um, so it's very practical. And you're exactly right because that's, Entirely, how he lands the text in or that section where he says, "Therefore, whoever disregards this is dis- not disregarding man, but God." Mm. So it's like these, this this instruction I'm giving you comes from God, but he says it comes from God who gives you the Holy Spirit. Yeah, that's the good. last line, of it, and that's exactly what you're saying, Mark. Is that there is a an empowering, there's a Holy Spirit, mm. so in a sense, to say I cannot do it, in some ways, also a denial of the gospel. <laughs> yeah. In, in a, uh, in a way, so he's saying you have the Holy Spirit who's who's with you to help you to do this, and that's I think where he lands. That's yeah, very good little section. So, in closing, a question that I have for you guys is: How do we position ourselves in a manner to hear, learn from, and trust in God? Yeah, maybe a couple of things would be um, understanding that God's will for us is sanctification. So, I think that's a big, a helpful. Th- way of framing it uh, like no yeah god is working on on my heart so that positions you to be receptive and to, to wanting to change um i think two is it's just knowing god's word i mean this kind of is a section where he's like i've given you instructions do you, you know and he's calling them to believe it and act upon it and i guess that's so i'd say one admitting that or being aware that god is changing us two letting god's word do its work like what what am i what am I hearing from the scriptures? And then three that would be the Holy Spirit's enabled me to do this. Actually believing that as much as I believe I'm forgiven, I also believe that I have the Holy Spirit who walks with me. Yeah, I don't, I don't want to add anything to that because I think those are great. I, I just want to add an encouragement to people who listen that for Paul to be able to write this must mean that the Thessalonians are honest, yes. either living just honestly or asking honest questions. And um, I, I just want to encourage us all, including myself and, and Caleb and Josh, uh, to not lose the humility to bring ourselves before the Lord of God, before the Word of God, and, and each other, and just say, "Hey, look, I'm, I'm struggling with this. What, what does God's Word say? And how does the Holy Spirit help me?" It's hard to know that the Word of God is speaking into my life if I don't even know what questions I have about my life. And so I think Josh's encouragement is great. We don't have to hide. Don't hide anything. As long as you are receptive to what the Word of God says. Thanks for joining us today. To learn more, head over to perthchurch.com.au where you can find sermon resources that dive deeper into these conversations. If you found this conversation helpful, we would love you to leave a review and share it with your family and friends.